Hey y'all, I'm Donna. And I'm Carrie. And we are Paranormal Chicks. Episode 19. Crazy. I, I can't, like, I feel like I say this every single episode, but I cannot believe this is real life. I know, right? We had such a huge week. <laughs> like, I can't. Y'all are fucking amazing. Yes, yes. The support that y'all give us is just like unreal. Yeah. I, I mean, truly, how is this real life? I know. I kind of teared up this week with everything. Like right now? <laughs> I am not. You wanted to? I'm not crying. You're crying. <laughs> <laughs> but and I guess we should tell them, in case you missed it, we did a Facebook Live just like a... Impromptu. Yeah. I mean, like, we planned it for the most part. Um, yeah, we planned it to be a surprise. <laughs> yeah. So we launched our Patreon store. Yes. Is that a store? No, it's not a store. A page. Patreon page. Yes. And our merch store. Yes. I combined the two. <laughs> so our Patreon page, we have the different tiers. So, you know, feel free to go take a gander yeah, at that. It ranges from, like, a dollar to... 30. 30. But even if you cannot donate the money, we completely understand. We yeah. have been there in life. Yes. Um, so do not feel bad if you can't donate. That is totally okay. But something that is, it doesn't cost you anything, but it's very valuable to us are reviews. Yes. Stitcher, iTunes, wherever reviews and we want to hear your feedback too. absolutely and then merch launched yes and by the time this comes out we'll have even more merch that is available yes because jason daniel who designed our cover art our logos he also designed some of the shirts yes. of stuff that we say a lot or i mean like just Oh, my God. I need them all. Yeah. Like, when we were doing it, I'm like, okay, I'm going to buy them all. Like, yes. I have to. Well, okay. So, I've already gotten in the mail the Bless It hat. Yes. Which I love. I got the light blue one. I know. And it looks so good on her. I mean, what can I say? <laughs> Just kidding. And then I I know I have a mug and a shirt coming. Mm-hmm. But yep. anyway, so... it. To where to get to our merch and where to get to our Patreon. We're going to move along because Jesus Christ. He's coming back. No, we just like to tangent. <laughs> oh, gosh. Okay. Yeah. You can get them from our website, aparanormalchicks.com. They're linked there um, on, like, the home bar. Or you can just go to Patreon and search for us. It'll pull us up. And um, actually, you need to go to the Patreon page. Because the screenshot of Carrie's face is god awful, y'all. <laughs> First of all, I think that we used a webcam from 1992. <laughs> I got a new one, y'all. I got a new the one. The webcam is god awful. <laughs> the background looks like we're in a dungeon. We made that background. It's PVC. Should we? I mean, I don't even want to tell y'all. It's so god awful. It's PVC pipe, and we went to Joanne's Fabrics to get the background and like we were trying to figure out like which one oh, to God. get and so we got this like black one with some designs and it just looks like a cave of darkness behind us yes it does not look good we will be re-recording that when i finally get my house ready yeah. and done and 
move in and oh, wing we and a have a space. Here. I know, God. We need a podcasting space so bad. Yes. Can this house business please hurry up? Right. And newer equipment on some stuff, mm-hmm. which is where Patreon comes in. Like True. it, we have it all on the page so you can read about it. And I think the rewards are pretty damn mm-hmm. good. And we're going to keep adding stuff too. Mm. But the store you can get through from our website or go to store.aparanormalchicks.com. Yes. Okay. In other news. Oh, me. Yes. Y'all, it was a sad day and then it was a happy day. All in one. Yeah. That's probably why I was emotional. (laughs) Yeah, that's why. It was a death. (laughs) Okay. Of a car. Mm-hmm. Yolanda the Honda was a good car to me. She was. She she was my boo. Everything's my boo, if you don't know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Carrie is not impressed. <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah, so she died while I was getting my oil changed. Donna said, damn, I got a full tank of gas and just got an oil change right? and she died. I was like, that was like $70. Mm-hmm. What like what? <laughs> but yeah, so Carrie, I was like, Carrie, um, I'm gonna need you to work your magic and get me a good price on a car. She did. <laughs> <laughs> we went that night, y'all. It anyway. I'm not gonna bore you with the details, but I got a, a Honda CRV, and it's amazing. It's like a fucking spaceship, y'all. If y'all need a new car. Go drive a Honda CRV because it's a smooth ride and it has all the bells and whistles. Well, the one you got does, yeah. Yeah. But I think they're all pretty nice. I don't know. I'm a Toyota girl myself. He, 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 uh, stuttering Stanley, <laughs> um, <laughs> Pedro, which who was our sales guy, which he doesn't know about the podcast, but shout out Pedro, who, well, go ahead. Okay. Well, but he almost had Carrie, like... Did hmm. he, though? He didn't. Oh. A little. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Just the the bells and whistles really were nice. But, okay, so it was so funny because... So Donna's buying this car. Yeah. But, of course, I'm controlling AF. <laughs> and I'm the one, like, negotiating for her. Yes. She did a good job, though. A couple times she came in with some stuff, and I was like, damn, that was good, Donna. Thank you. But they, like, everybody at Honda thought that we were, like, a lesbian couple that mm-hmm. were buying this car together. Yes. Like, y'all's car is ready. To, da, 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 da. Like, <laughs> yep. I mean, I'll take it if it gets her a better deal. Mm-hmm. No worries about that. Yep. I was like, I don't care. Whatever. No, absolutely not. Think of what you I was to- like, um, I mean, technically, we are in a relationship. It's just not sexual. And we're, uh, what did I say? We're... Like polyamorous or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Because oh, uh, we are codependent. That, like, never have I realized how codependent <laughs> we are until, well, I mean, I guess I've always realized, but I don't know. I feel like this week I've really been like, shit, <laughs> we yes. are so codependent. Yes. It's okay, though. I'm okay with it. Me too. I mean, it's good so far. Also, a question for y'all. Mm. 
So we went to a party, my sister-in-law Barbara's birthday party. My brother and his friends were, we were all talking about the podcast. So shout out to y'all. And they were talking about Twitch, that they watch gamers on Twitch and whatever. That's their thing. And we were talking about it. And I was like, wait, I would love to watch Carrie play some scary ass games. Because once she screams like a little bitch, <laughs> and then she'll have to go use the bathroom. <laughs> no, I'll just use those panties that Jennifer just posted. <laughs> True. And then I'm going to be laughing like a fool at her. And then maybe vice versa, I'll play it and then, you know, yeah. whatever. But would y'all like to watch that kind of stuff? Like it's a live feed of that. And we can do like hangouts there too. Whatever, but I was just thinking of some different content, but it's still, like, scary games. Because they said they have this one game that is, like, super terrifying that you hear, like, ambient noise in the headphones and stuff. Mm -hmm. And I, like, even if y'all don't want to, I'm making Carrie play that game. (laughs) But I'm telling you, like, it has to be genuine. So if you miss it on the first go-around, you're going to miss it. Because she is going to die. Well, even like that night, I had moved to sit next to Donna because we were talking to our friend Zach about because he had gone to the Myrtles. Yeah. And so we were talking with Zach about it. So I moved closer so I could hear him better. And I had taken Donna's brother's seat. And while he like, so he came up beside me and I didn't even know he was there. And he like got down my ear and was like, why are you in my seat or something like joking. And I jumped and it scared the <laughs> shit out of me and his buddy chris was like yeah we're making these videos she's playing these games because she's so animated when she's scared <laughs> and she scares so easily i do i'm such a scaredy cat yes i mean like i'll hide in a hallway that she has to pass through and i will scare her <laughs> like randomly during the day people getting scared is one of the funniest things on the planet to me right Huh. Anyway, so let us know. Tweet us, message us, whatever. Yes, no, I don't care. Okay. Awesome. I'll get on that. <laughs> also, something I found today. So, someone painted with their own blood this masterpiece, right? And they used some of Charles Manson's ashes, like remains. Yeah. In this painting. This is one of those paintings you don't get a do-over on. Right? (laughs) (laughs) Like, don't fuck it up. Right? Okay. Guess who bought it? You. RuPaul. The reason why I thought RuPaul (laughs) was because of the don't fuck it up. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Lip sync for your life and don't fuck it up. Yes. Uh, No. Karen and Georgia. No. Okay. On a first name basis. Don't. Don't guess. You suck. You suck. You're suck. <laughs> You're suck. God. <laughs> Fuck. That's why God don't like ugly, okay? I shouldn't have said it. <laughs> um, no. My bedazzled boo. No. Zach Efron. No. <laughs> <laughs> he probably does wear something bedazzled, but no. <laughs> Zach Bagans. Yeah. Yes. He bought it. And, hold on. So he's putting it in that haunted museum. Mm-hmm. So... We know that he has Manson's dentures. Yeah. But he also bought a pentagram necklace that Manson had crafted from toilet paper. Yeah. 
Which we like, knew. Well, like, remember we I knew, told you yeah, that he does, like, the he scorpions. Stuff, and, but he has it. Yeah. So he has, like, his little, like, collection Shrine to Manson, yeah. Yeah. But I was like, old Zach always making the news. Mm-hmm. But Charles Manson's ashes. He, look, Zach is rolling in the dough. Right? He's like, it's haunted. I want it. It's weird. I want it. You know, whatever. I want it. And you know what? That makes me want it, too. And I'm yeah. like, hmm, let me go to your museum. I know. I want to go. And then in Vegas. Mm-hmm. That and slot machines. I'm good. Oh, and a buffet. But I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So I think that's it. Sorry. That was a long one. But merch, Patreon, that was huge yeah. for us. And that's it. So let's get into your story, girl. Okay. Oh, never mind. No, I'm just kidding. God dang it. Okay. I am doing a story based on the request of my girl, Megan, at work. She was listening. I can't remember what podcast she was listening to. Of course, I can't remember. And she was like, okay, I need you to do this story because I need more information. (laughs) It's on the serial killing duo of Leonard Lake and Charles Ng Kaitat. Kaitat. Oh, Lord. Anyway, it's like Charles Ng is what he goes by. (laughs) I don't know what the last part is. I guess it's the last thing. And Megan said she wanted more detail from you. I hate you. All she (laughs) said was the story of Charles Ng. I don't know what the Kaitat is. (laughs) It's just his last name, but whatever. Yeah, Kaitat. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) It's like Kai, like Kai squared and statistics. Kai Omega? That too? <laughs> Who knows that shit? <laughs> like, I've never heard of that. Anybody who's ever taken a statistics class or read a journal article? Yeah, not me. <laughs> <laughs> the I'm only not... fucking article I read is like, what's Cosmo? a good sex life? <laughs> or the highlights from the dentist office. <laughs> I find all look, of those Look, I was about things. to say, look, I got a highlights when I was a kid, <laughs> and I still look at it at the places like yeah. that, because I love finding those fucking if objects. I, if I find that, I'm like, yeah. Look, Ooh, but you know what I don't like? Another tangent. When people circle them. Yeah, don't fucking circle some shit that goes up in a fucking Public thing. place. Yes. That ain't yours. Right? And sometimes it's wrong. I'm like, you dumb. <laughs> Meanwhile, it's like a four-year-old. <laughs> <laughs> But, yeah, I love this. Anyway. Okay. Tell me about Kaitat. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to call him Charles Ng. I mean, I think Kaitat has more of a street cred. <laughs> <laughs> but that's not what he's known okay, as. Okay, okay. Okay. Charles Ng was born in British Hong Kong, and his parents were very wealthy. His dad was some form of an executive, and... I think he had a sister, just one though. Okay, so as all these stories go, Charles Ng was raised in a very strict household where his father was a very stern disciplinarian that was abusive, not just like discipline, it was abuse. Gosh. He had a very troubled kind of like childhood, teenage years. A lot of his stuff was for shoplifting, and that kind of even carried on into adulthood for him. He. It was expelled from a lot of schools. He was a like a serious kind of loner. Golly. No one knew how to say his fucking last name. Or if that was his last name. <laughs> Look at old Kai Tad over there. 
Okay. Charles Ng. <laughs> <laughs> They're going to be like, who? I know. I know. <laughs> so many names. He went to a grammar school in North Yorkshire, England. But, like, pretty much as soon as he got there, he was expelled from stealing from other students and had to go back to Hong Kong. Oh, man. So that's kind of his, like, the threads that weave through this story is that, like, he steals something and he gets caught. And he steals something and he gets caught. Yeah. In 1978... Charles Ng moved to the United States on a student visa so that he could go to Notre Dame to study Ooh. biology. However, he dropped out after one semester. Mm, he probably had to dissect something. So funny. I was talking with somebody just yesterday about, like, all the things we've dissected through school because she taught at a university but then would, like, go to high schools to teach the high school kids, like, dissection and stuff. Mm-hmm. We were talking about all the different things we had dissected and She's done some crazy shit. (laughs) But anyway, so around the time that he dropped out of Notre Dame is when he met Leonard Lake. Okay. And those two began their troublesome friends. Escapades. Mm Mm-hmm. They were really partners in crime? Mm Mm-hmm. Okay. So right after he met Leonard, Charles Ng was involved in a hit-and-run accident. And so in order to not get in trouble, he was like... I'll join the Marines. Dang. Yeah. Okay. So now I'm going to back up a little bit and talk about Leonard Lake, and then we'll go into some more details about the Marines. So Leonard Lake was born in San Francisco. He was raised by his maternal grandmother because when he was six, his parents separated, and so he and his siblings had to go move in with his grandmother. Here's the thing. His childhood was so fucked up. Oh, gosh. So his grandmother basically encouraged him and steered him towards taking nude photos of his sisters. What? Yes. And then he, like, became obsessed with pornography. Also, I think, kind of at his grandmother's pushing. So the other thing that he would do, he would force his sisters to perform sexual acts on him. Oh, my god! And would take pictures and, like, record it. What? And then use that to blackmail his sisters. Mm-hmm. Whoa, that's fucking twisted. It's, that is. That's really... That is. That is. Whoa. But again, like, his grandmother, I don't think he she necessarily was like, hey, make your sisters perform sex. She could have been. I'm, I'm not 100% sure. Yeah. Um, But she definitely was encouraging of the taking the nude pictures yeah. like, of the sisters and all that. Like, she was... In that. Yeah. I don't think you have a line. If you're doing that. True. She may have no been. There's no fucking line. Yeah. And I, you know, I, I saw, again, this was a, this is a bunch of articles kind of put together. And so, I, you know, some stuff had a little bit of detail about that. But most of it was just like the girl was involved. He would use these images of his sisters performing, I'm assuming like oral sex and stuff on him to blackmail them. The other thing he would do is he would collect mice and then dispose, like, kill the mice by dissolving them in chemicals. What? Yeah. Oh. Oh. Mm-hmm. No, 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 no. I know. So, after he graduated from high school, he also enlisted in the Marines. This was in 1964. He did two tours of duty in Vietnam. He was a radar electronics technician. It was while he was in 
the Marines that he was diagnosed with schizoid personality disorder. And then they said that he had like a delusional breakdown. And so they discharged him with a medical discharge in 71 from the Marines. So after the medical discharge from the Marines, Leonard Lake moved to San Jose and attended San Jose State University. But he quit after one semester because he he was really into like the hippie lifestyle, the kind of commune type community and you know that whole thing and so is he really charles manson no (laughs) so he did move into a commune and he was married in 1975 but his wife divorced him when she found out that this whole time they were married he was starring in like amateur porn movies oh dang yeah and they said that the the porns were like heavy in bondage and sadomasochism Oh gosh. So for the next like eight years he lived in Green he lived at the Greenfield Ranch and then he eventually married again and her name was Clara Ann Belaz. I think that's how I'm sp- saying it. It's B A L A Z S. She went by Cricket, so that's what we're gonna call her. Kitak Cricket. <laughs> oh Lord. Um Oh my god, do they do they get together? Because that that would be a good... I shipped them already. <laughs> Kata and Cricket. <laughs> okay. So, in addition to kind of this commune lifestyle that Lake was really into, mm-hmm. as part of Lake's kind of schizoid personality with his paranoia, mm-hmm. he thought that there was a nuclear holocaust that was about to occur. Oh, gosh. And so, he started to build a bunker like on the property that he was living on and the owner was like uh skirt (laughs) you can't fucking do that on my land get the fuck out damn okay so now we're gonna back up a little bit again to old charles ing being in the marines i cannot believe you did not make one kimmy schmidt joke about the bunker yeah it's not appropriate (laughs) Oh. When you hear the rest of the story, oh, you'll be fuck. like, <laughs> oh, damn. Okay. Foreshadowing of the foreskin. <laughs> oh, God, is it? Oh, God. <laughs> in the bunker. Okay. So, Charles Ng joined the Marines in 1979, and he said that how he joined, because he was from Hong Kong, and so he said that there was a recruiting sergeant that falsified documents that he lived in Bloomington, Indiana, so that he could join the military. Dang. But that's fucking fake, because you don't have to be a U.S. citizen to be in the Marine. Like, you you don't have to be. Really? Yeah. And I don't know if to that was just... for... I don't know if that was just at the time, or if it's now. People are probably like, you're fucking stupid, but this is what the internet has said. That although, sounds really weird. It says, although U.S. citizenship is not needed to join the military. Because... I mean, so someone from, like, Russia could just be like, I want to join your military. Get all our secrets. I don't fucking know. I mean, I'm just saying this is what it has said. Okay. Well. Well, actually, yes. Because when all the stuff came out about, like, about the Dreamers, like when Trump was trying to get rid of the Dreamers and mm-hmm. stuff, there was a guy that was, like, in the news a lot because he had been in the military for, like, 20 years. Was it was, you know, came to this country yeah. like, you know, he was a Dreamer. Like, he, there was a chance he was going to get deported to Mexico because he was a dreamer and wasn't actually a citizen and, like, had this 20-year military career. Yeah. 
So, maybe not. I don't know. Okay. Seems like a weird loophole. Mm-hmm. But anyway, regardless of how he came to be in the Marines. Can someone tell us about that, though, please? Yeah. He was only in the service for a year when he was arrested for taking, like, automatic weapons from the base in Hawaii. I don't know how to say that, so I don't know. Wanahakalugi. I don't know. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> After he was arrested for stealing the weapons in Hawaii, he knew that he was about to be court-martialed, and so he's like, I got to get the fuck out. So in 1980, he escaped and went back to Northern California. So they're both in California. Yeah. Now. So that's where, when he did escape in 80, that's when he met up with, went back up with Leonard Lake. Okay. So wait, they did know each other in the military? No. Remember whenever I said that, that Charles Ng moved to the United States to go to Notre Dame? And yeah. then that was when he met Leonard Lake. Pretty sure you never said that. I did. And then I said soon after. Like, right after that is when Charles Ng was involved in that hit and run, and that's when he joined the military. And then we oh. talked about who Leonard Lake was. Oh. Yeah. Okay. Now we're going to talk a little bit about what was going on in Leonard Lake's life at the oh time. Oh, my gosh. It's back and forth. Look, you know, it's like a tennis match. And my neck Chit hurts already. Cricket. Chicka chicka boom boom. <laughs> Are you hungry? I don't know. What's a chicka chicka boom boom? What? That's a thing? I thought I just made it that up. It is the most delicious popcorn ever. Well, not as good as the Boy Scouts, but it's healthier. Literally never heard of that. Chicka chicka boom boom? Yes. Is a popcorn? I thought I just made that riddle up. It's like a popcorn um chip. Well, you know, it's on the chip aisle, but it's popcorn. All right. So it's 1982 now. Leonard Lake, Charles Ng, BFFs, living together in a mobile home. Awesome. Well, somehow, someway, the feds find out about they got a stash of illegal weapons and explosives. Oh, fuck. So the feds raid it and arrest them. Lake was released on $6,000 bond. The fuck? Yeah, so of course, what does that mean he do? He do? <laughs> what does that mean he do? Um, this bitch. New bond, who dis? <laughs> <laughs> okay, anyway, that means he jumped bail. Oh. So he started, like, roaming kind of the states on the lamb as a different people. Oh. So Charles Ng, though, was returned to the Marines because he was facing charges for that theft of the weapons and desertion charges. Oh, fuck. So they ship old Ng back to the Marines and let the Marines deal with him. Okay. So he takes a plea deal, and he served 18 months in the military stockade at Fort Leavenworth. Oh. And that, that's a big deal, right? Yeah. Okay, I thought so. But he, so he eventually was paroled after 18 months and was dishonorably discharged in 84. You have brought dishonor to us all. That's from Mulan. I know. You didn't look like you knew. I didn't. Oh. No, I think I really did. Okay. So what does one codependent friend do when he's released from prison? Goes uh, and find his best yeah. friend. That's what we do. Mm-hmm. Send a homing pigeon. I, well, at, at find my homie. I know. <laughs> I really was like, though, okay, so if Leonard Blake is, like, 
for real on the lam, using all these different names and stuff. How in the hell did Charles Ng find him? Maybe they had like a code. Yeah. I will be on the run. I Find me at just 1313 like, Mockingbird Lane. <laughs> just like on Shawshank. True, true, true. Okay. And they found each other. Okay. So when Ng found Lake, Lake was renting this really remote cabin. That's not spooky. In Calaveras County. And he was like, yo, Ng, come on down. You remember how old Leonard Lake really likes a bunker because he thinks that a nuclear oh, holocaust is coming. Yeah. So next to the cabin. Is that why he had the stash of guns and stuff? Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Okay. So next to the cabin, he built his little new kind of bunker, but he called it his dungeon. Oh, um, that sounds great. Yeah. Because, okay. So after, like, obviously we know they're going to be serial killers. So after <laughs> the they were caught, they found that Leonard Lake kept all of these journals, like very detailed journals about everything. And so that's why I say how we know that he called it his dungeon. Oh, okay. I thought you were like giving us a spoiler already. Mm -mm. It's said that his brother Donald and his best friend, Charles Gunner, came to like help him with the building and all of that. Yeah. Blah, 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 blah. You know, he repaid him with like wine and pizza. I don't know. Just kidding. He repaid them by stealing their money and killing them. Oh, fuck. And that's kind of a allegedly. However, Leonard Lake, because remember, he is like on the run from this 1982 where he jumped his bail. Yeah. And so he started using Charles Gunner's identity. Oh. So it's like, oh, that's probably really what happened. Mm-hmm. Because like even his mom was like, uh... Hold up. Where's yeah. Donald? We hadn't seen him since, you know. His own brother. Yeah. That's cold. Okay, so the the dungeon that was next to the cabin is where Lake and Ing would hold their victims and torture them and rape them. And, like, sometimes they would kill people immediately and sometimes they would keep them for months on end. Wow. They remind me a lot of the Toy Box Killer. Yeah. I will say, though, that this is not going to have nearly the details of the murder just because I truly couldn't find it. There were, like, there were some videos that, to be honest, I didn't watch because I just didn't have a chance. It's been ridiculously busy. But so some of the videos may have some more of, like, because they also recorded some of their torture just like the Toy Box Killer. Yeah. And so. Well, and just like he did in his childhood. Yeah. And so, exactly. And so, I have some detail, but not, it's not nearly as you much. You saw the... No, you can't, uh, you can see some of the videos. And I don't know, what? I played like, I played like five seconds of one, and then I was like, no, there are people around. I can't watch this right now. But the part that I saw was just Leonard Lake sitting there, like in a oversized chair, talking to the camera. Oh my god! But there, yeah, but there are like... I think you can actually see some of the videos. Like, not on the dark web? I don't know. Oh, God. I don't know. And again, I didn't do any digging into it because time and location of research, you know? Yes. It's like, I don't want to see them because that's terrible. But then at the same time, I'm like, but... I know. I, I just want to know... I I don't know. I know. I know. I mean, this is why we have a podcast, because it's, like, terrible but awesome. I know. And it's, like, 
it's one Not of the awesome, intriguing. Yeah, it's one. Well, it's one of those things where it's like you want to see it, but on the other hand, you can't unsee it. Yes. And so sometimes, so that this doesn't become kind of all-consuming and too overwhelming, mm-hmm. that's where you have to draw those lines sometimes yeah. of not looking at, you know, because, I mean, God, I can still see. Travis. Travis, yes. Mm-hmm. I can still see his whatever pictures, like, yeah. from his autopsy and stuff. And it's like, sometimes you just can't unsee him ever. No, I will never forget what he looked like yeah so if you want to look it up by all means look it up but just proceed with caution yeah okay so there was a book called the collector the collector is a novel by john fowles was it a movie too i think so okay sorry but their story charles and leonard's story is Mm -hmm. also a movie too so that could be so anyway but in The Collector, it's a story of a woman who was named Miranda. And she was kidnapped and enslaved by a sexual psychopath. Gosh. And so in that so Charles and Leonard were huge fans of this book. Okay? Obviously. And so they used a lot of the details in this book towards their fantasies. You know, for their killings. Yeah. It's like a blueprint. Mm-hmm. So, the whole bunker situation, well, the whole bunker slash dungeon situation, and the murders, they coined Operation Miranda. Really? Based on the, I think she's the protagonist in that book, who was the sexual slave wow. to the psychopath. So, they coined this whole thing of their torture and killings and all of that operation miranda isn't that crazy yes wow so when authorities searched the dungeon they found that there were like false walls that had like a six and a half foot by three and a half foot room um and it said that it only had a bucket and toilet paper inside so like no place to lay down no nothing just a bucket and toilet paper wow i picture that's what like that old charleston jail was these, oh, God. I know. So, the room was also lined with one-way mirror. Those are so creepy I to know, me. I know, I know. So, obviously, they could watch in. hmm Also, inside on the wall was a list of rules. Okay, rule number one. I must always be ready for to service my master. I must be clean, brushed, and made up with my cell neat. How's she going to be clean? Move the bucket to the side. Oh. Hide the toilet paper. I don't fucking know. Oh, where she had the toilet paper. I must never speak. And, oh, this is number two. I must never speak unless spoken to. Unless in bed, I must never look at my master in the eye, but must keep my eyes downcast. Wow. Number three. I must never show my disrespect, either verbally or silent. I must never cross my arms or legs in front of my body or clench my fists. And unless... Eating, I must always <laughs> said, keep my lip farted. <laughs> Stop. She makes those those uh, farting noises with her mouth. <laughs> I must always keep my lips parted. <laughs> Literally, God. unless eating, I must oh always God. keep my lips parted. That's what it says. And you said farted. Uh, can you read? Look at this. Look at this type. Can you read it? Read number three. Okay, let me see. Don't read four and five. 
Be surprised. Okay. I must... Okay. I must never show my disrespect, either verbally or silent. I must never close my arms and legs in front of my body or clench my fist. And unless eating, must always keep my lips parted. But it does look like farted. Give me that back. It says farted. No, I'm kidding. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, number four. I must be obedient completely and in all things. I must obey immediately and without question or comment. Number five, I must always be quiet when locked in my cell. Number six, I must remember and obey any additional rules told to me. Damn. I I must understand that any disobedience, any pain, trouble, or annoyances caused by me to my master will be grounds for punishment. Good Lord. Yeah. Like I said, that Leonard Lake kept a basically a diary. Mm-hmm. And that whole diary was just full of sexual fantasies that he had for his sex slaves. And that he planned to keep his bunker, like, after the nuclear holocaust. Like, his mm-hmm. plan was to keep, like, basically repopulate the world oh, after the nuclear God. holocaust with his sex slaves. That... Is one egotistical, twisted son of a bitch. Yeah. But also, I hate how people call them sex slaves. Because I get that that's what they are. But other, like, in the BDSM world, that's what some people like to be. But these people are Not by choice. Yeah. You know? And it's like, no, they're victims. Yeah. That's true. Yeah. Like, I mean. No, that's true. I, I like that. In Leonard's stupid-ass diary, he also said, God meant women for cooking, cleaning house, and sex. And when they are not in use, they should be locked up. Oh? So they had to clean their house, too? No, remember they had to keep their little piss pot organized as part of the rules. I know, but, like, his house, did they have to oh, clean I don't that, know. too? I don't know. Quit asking me hard questions. <laughs> <laughs> Another thing that stupid-ass Leonard wrote in his thing was, if you love something, let it go. If it doesn't come back, hunt it down and kill it. I was going to say, um, did he think he wrote this? But, okay, he did. He he twisted it. Yeah. And so they say, like, nobody really actually knows how many people Leonard Lake may have killed in his wow. lifetime. Because they think... That his brother, Donald, was his first victim. Damn, because, he like goes, I said, goes balls to the walls. Yeah, well, because, like I said, his mom reported Donald missing when because he was supposed to go yeah. see Leonard, and he never came back. And so she was like, uh, what the fuck? Where's yeah. Donald? And she actually said, like, told police that she thought that maybe Leonard had something to do with it because she said that Leonard once told her the world would be better off without Don. Okay, wait. His Their mother? Mm-hmm. They had a mother. They just went to live with their maternal grandmother because okay. their parents separated. Okay. Charles and Leonard's, you know, they had this rampage, basically, mm-hmm. of serial murders. And how it came to an end was, imagine that, Ing getting busted for... Shoplifting. Mm-hmm. So it was June 2nd of 1985, and he had, uh, Charles Ng had gone to the hardware store because a vice that they were using on 
one of their victims broke. Mm. And so he went to the hardware store to, let me just go pick up another vice. What's and a so, vice? Like a, like a, I don't know. <laughs> I thought you meant device, but no. you were just cool. No, like a, vi- like a vice grip. You ever heard of that? Mm-hmm. You've never heard of a vice grip? I mean, I've heard of it, but I still have no idea. Oh, okay. It's almost like a C-clamp, but not. Yeah. Like you use it during woodworking and stuff. Yeah. Like to hold things together yeah. when or, you're gluing it. Yeah, or like bodies and stuff. Yeah, that is crazy that they fucking use that on humans. Yeah. So he went to the Ace Hardware. No, I don't know where he went. To get a, to get a vice. And the store clerk noticed that, that he was stealing it. And so mm-hmm. he was like, he called the police and was like, hey, this guy stole it. And Charles Ng was able to escape on foot. Well, when he got home, Lake was like, the fuck? You didn't pay for this? Like, you're going to. Yeah. What the fuck, dude? You know, I mean, even murderers have morals. And uh, so no, he just knew that he was going to get busted. Yeah. So Leonard Lake went back to the store to pay for it. Oh, to be God. Like, hey. You never do that. Yeah, sorry about my friend. I mean, this kid is not. Charles Ng is not a five-year-old that store a piece right. of gum and you make him go give it back. Yes. That is completely different. But you're not like, yes. hey, my friend took this. Yes. So by the time Leonard Lake got there to do that, of course, the police were there. Mm-hmm. And so they were like, let me see your ID. You know, let's figure this out. So when he gives officers his driver's license, it says that he is Robert, I'm sorry, Robin Stapley from San Diego. And they're like, you don't look anything like Robin. And come to find out, Robin Stapley was reported missing several weeks ago by his family. Wow. So police are like, we're going to search your vehicle. So in the trunk of the vehicle, they found a gun that had a silencer on it. Mm. And so they were like, okay, we're arresting you. Like, you've got shit you're not supposed to have. This is not who you are. Like, yeah. something's shitty. Something's going on here. And so when they arrested him, they fingerprinted him and were able to figure out, you know, who he was. Mm-hmm. So while he was in custody, awaiting his arraignment, he was in his cell and he asked the officers for some water. And he swallowed cyanide pills that he had sewn into his clothes, mm. like into like a little pouch in his yeah. clothes, and he died four days later. Wow. So never faced a second mm-hmm. of prosecution for this. So, I hate on movies when they do that. I know. I, I, Even yeah. more. Or in real life. Yes. So the license plate that was on Leonard Lake's vehicle was actually registered to him. But the vehicle that it was on wasn't what the license plate was registered to. That was actually registered to Paul Costner, who had disappeared in November of 1984. Damn. So the registration to the tag that was correct led them to the property where the little cabin with the dungeon is. Yeah. So there they found Stapley's truck and another victim's car behind the cabin. Wow. And so they were like, okay, mm-hmm. we're going to start digging. So they found on the property a makeshift burial site. And so they dug up 
roughly 40 pounds of burned and crushed human bones. 40 pounds? Mm-hmm, of, like, bone fragments. Oh, And they said that, like, what they could put together, it was from a minimum of 11 bodies. Wow. All I can picture is, like, the catacombs, how all those bones and skeletons, like, the, Mm -hmm. like, but burned and charred. All I can picture is Stephen Avery. Oh, my God. Well, when they said they had the stuff on the property, the Mm -hmm. cars, I wanted to be like, who is he, making a murderer? Yeah. So the other thing that they found was a hand-drawn map of the property that was called like on the map treasure map oh god the treasure map took them to two five gallon buckets that were buried one had envelopes with the names and ids of the victims which based on that envelope with the number of ids and stuff that they found it it suggests that the the number of victims might be as high as 25 holy fuck in the other bucket was Leonard Lake's handwritten diaries from 1983 and 1984. Wow. And, Talk about a fucking time capsule. Yes. And two videotapes, which I told you that you can see, documenting the torture of two of their victims. Wow. In one of the tapes, Charles Ng is seen telling a victim by the name of Brenda O'Connor. So Charles says, this is his quote, You can cry and stuff like the rest of them, but it won't do any good. We are pretty cold-hearted, so to speak. And then in, like, the other video, the victim, Deborah Dubs, like, she's shown being beaten so severely in this video that they're like, there's absolutely no way that she could survive from that beating. No. And then... All I'm thinking about, I'm sorry, is, like... How cold those scissors must have felt to them. Oh, God. See, I can't have those kind of details in my head. Well, I'm just, I, I'm empathetic, I guess, to a fault. But, like, bless their hearts. And I hope they are at rest. Me too. While they're, you know, the police are doing all this investigating and stuff, you know, the car that... Leonard Lake was driving when he was arrested was a Honda Prelude. Okay. Oh God, I used to love a Prelude. That's the one that the car wasn't registered to him, but the license plate was. Yeah. Um, and the car, remember, was registered to Paul Costner. I know this is a lot of names, and I'm sorry, you don't have to keep up with them. He's Kevin's cousin. Sure. Okay. So Paul Costner was a car salesman in San Francisco. And as they did some more digging, they realized that on November 5th, 1984, Costner took a man on a test drive to sell him a prelude. Oh, no. And that's when he never came back. And Fucking, the, oh. yeah, yeah. And the guy that he took the took on the test drive matched Leonard Lake's description. So, like I said, they found all the videos and video equipment and all of that. They even called his dungeon like a cinder block torture chamber. And again, that just reminded me so much of the toy box killer. Yeah. Some of that video equipment was traced to Harvey Dubs. Okay. So you've heard that last name already in the story. Mm-hmm. Okay. So Harvey Dubs lived in San Francisco. And on July 25th, 1984, he disappeared with his wife and his son. No. So the videotapes showed... A lot of what 
what they're calling like quote unquote home movies, basically, of women who were hogtied, like a bunch of just almost like orgy type things that I don't wasn't consensual. Wow. Um, young girls, they said that their faces. One of the articles said their faces contorted in hideous grimace oh, gosh. as they're forced to partake in oral sex and torture. No, bless them. So, like I said, one of the tapes, I t- said this earlier, had Debbie Dubbs, who was you yeah. know, Harvey's wife. That's the one that they said she was being Beaten. so much. Yeah. So on the same, on that tape is when you could see Brenda O'Connor being sexually abused by Leonard Lake and Charles Ng. So Brenda O'Connor and her husband Lonnie and their son were neighbors to them. They said that Brenda never trusted Leonard Lake and that he called himself Gunner because remember that's what his Mm -hmm. driver's license was because he stole that poor guy's thing. Brenda had told people around town that she had seen Leonard burying a body in the woods. What? But instead of telling police, her husband, Lonnie, invited their friend named Robin Stapley to stay oh. with them for added protection. Oh, fuck. Mm-hmm. Remember that name? Mm-hmm. He got caught underneath that name. Yep. And so none of the four of them have been seen since May of 1985. Fuck. Mm-hmm. Call the police. Yep. So... Again, you know, Brenda was on the tape, and on the tape, she was tied to a chair, of course, pleading for her life, pleading for the life of her husband and her son gosh. and her friend, Robin Stapley. Oh, my gosh. Um, in the video, too, I believe it shows maybe the family watching, because it says others watching horror. So, I think, I don't know if that's other, like, victims that were in the room, or if it's he actually made... Her husband and friend and son watch. Oh, no, 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 no. I don't know how old her son was, but I'm pretty sure that the Dub's son was like an infant. Mm -hmm. And they killed him? Yeah, some stuff said that they would kill the husbands and the child immediately and then keep the women as, you know, as... Well, now I don't want to say sex slaves, but whatever. Um, forced. Yeah, forced sex, sex slaves. Yeah, maybe we should say that. But in the case of Brenda, I'm not sure because it how it says others watching horror. I'm not sure yeah. who was watching. Gosh. Why are so, like, they're so twisted. I know. So in the video, too, Charles unties her from the chair. She had to completely sh- strip naked. And then he put leg irons on her, and then they both raped her. No. Yeah. On the tape, you heard, you could hear Leonard Lake saying, by cooperating with us, that means you will stay here as a prisoner. You will work for us. You will wash for us. You will fuck for us. Or you can say no, in which case we'll tie you to a bed, we'll rape you, and then we'll take you outside and shoot you. Your choice. Wow. So, some estimations are that 21 people have died. Some are that it's, you know, that first kind of pile of bones that they found. Mm. They were really only linked to 11 people, but 
some stuff says 15. I've even seen 35, which, you know, I think that sometimes the numbers for serial killers grow pretty quickly as the story gets older and older, you know, so I'm not really sure exactly my guess is it's probably closer to that 25, but what do I know? Well, I didn't investigate. Well, but you have to think, too, that if they kill the children and stuff, their bones are smaller and they might be somewhere else. You know, mm-hmm. like, I don't know. That's crazy because I don't, I don't know. One thing, though, says that veteran homicide detectives had such a hard time with these videos and yeah um just like the screams of the oh. victims being raped and sodomized and it said that the cries of the children in the background were really caused a lot of stress to the detectives which oh, i mean yeah. i cannot even imagine so again that's why i think that maybe in the case of Brenda her child and her husband were forced to watch oh my gosh they just talk about how like the Females were basically just, this article, I'm just going to kind of quote it. It says that female captives were seen withering on the floor, humiliated in front of other male and female captives. Still photographs showed naked young girls ranging from age 12 to early 20s forced to engage in kinky sex trysts. Wow. Yeah. Wow. So six women were identified from the tapes that were actually found alive. What? Mm-hmm. 15 more are still missing to this day. No. Also, the kids and the male captives were either buried or cremated in an incinerator that was found just kind of like adjacent to the dungeon. Wow. Whoa. Yeah. So Kathleen Allen was a San Jose high school student. She was working part-time. She met Lake and, sorry, this one article, I have to think about who the other person is every time because it's like, this says, and his Asian partner. What? And this one says, his Oriental accomplice. What the fuck? I know. I wish I would have looked to see what year this was written in because what the fuck? Let's change the language. Yes. Who the fuck says that anymore? No. He has a name, first of all. Yeah. Well, he has several. He does. He does. He likes to go by Kai Tat. He doesn't. He does. And Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so Kathleen Allen met Leonard Lake and Charles Ng through her friend named Mike Carroll. And he, I don't, it says that Mike Carroll was an ex-con, but I don't know, like, why that's important. But, I mean, give them a guy a second chance. Well, whoever is writing this is very uh, judgy. Yes, (laughs) yes. Okay, so Mike Carroll was very sadistic and liked to watch people die. He and Charles were cellmates at Leavenworth. Well, that's why they said it. Kira, you always... Make me jump on people, and then you like, <laughs> well, this is blah, blah, blah. I don't know why they had to say he was an ex-con. Okay. They okay. shared a cell. Like, okay, like, okay, what? okay. So as the police are, like, looking around the area and all, I told you they found that, like, 40-plus pounds. One article said 50, but 
of the human remains. Mm -hmm. They also found a lot of jewelry, rotted clothing, and then they found a rotted corpse, so I guess that one that they hadn't burned or... Gosh. um, And it was identified as Randy Jacobson. So Randy was a 34-year-old who vanished in October of 1984 after Leonard Lake had answered an ad that Randy had placed in the newspaper to sell his van because, so Randy was like an unemployed drifter. Damn. In addition to like the little families that had been kidnapped and the Mm -hmm. women who were forced to be sex slaves, there were also two men who are gay that were were also victims in the same way. And so one of them was Donald Galletti. He was 38. He was actually a disc jockey in San Francisco that he had answered an ad in a sex tabloidy magazine for free oral sex. Like the article said free oral sex by an Asian male. So that was like back pages before back pages. Yeah. But see, what's weird, though, is that he was just found shot three times in his house. But the roommate later said that, like, identified Charles Ng as who killed him. He might have been, like, the first that Charles did. So Charles didn't want Leonard to know, maybe. Maybe, maybe. Terry Parker was, like, a fill-in kind of coroner at the time when all this was happening. And he said, this is his quote, When we started digging, we didn't have a clue what we were getting into. But more and more evidence kept turning up. A bone here, a shoe there, an entire body in a ditch. It got to the point where you were thinking, am I walking on someone's remains now? Oh, my gosh. There could be more under every rock. How much longer could this go on? Wow. I wonder what's there today. I know. Police... Think that, you know, the victim toll, again, of course, it just kept growing and growing and growing, but that they uncovered the body parts of 26 people. Wow. And then, so the district attorney's office released 15 of 21 photographs to the news media to try to identify the bodies. Gosh. Whoa. So once Leonard Lake had been arrested, I'm not really sure how Charles Ng found out that he was arrested, but Charles Ng got the hell out of Dodge, and he fled to Alberta, Canada. That's where his sister lived, and he lived there. He lived there for a little while, but of course, his thievery got oh, him again. Gosh. So he was arrested after he shot a security guard named Sean Doyle in the hand while resisting arrest for stealing a can of salmon. What the fuck? Yeah. Like, go fish. Literally. Yeah. I know. He was charged and convicted of shoplifting, lifting, assault with a weapon, and possession of a concealed firearm, and he was sentenced to four and a half years in prison. So, after he served his sentence, he was pending extradition to California. Well... That is just the beginning to a very long legal battle, which I'm just going to kind of touch on. It's There's way more to it than what I'm going into. But Canada, because Canada doesn't have a death penalty, he was like, you'll be violating the, Canada, the Canadian Charter of Rights and Freedoms if they let him be extradited to California where he would be facing a capital murder charge and could potentially receive the death penalty. So... He was petitioning the Alberta Court of Appeal and all of that, and it was all denied. So, 
1991, the Supreme Court of Canada ruled against him, too, and he was extradited to, to back to California. So he was indicted on 12 counts of first-degree murder because, remember, Leonard Lake yeah. took the cyanide. He's dead and gone. They had a change in venue. He sued the state for his time in Folsom Prison because he said that... And he was in Folsom Prison? Yeah. He So he sued the state because... For being temporarily detained there. Because while he was there, he was found hiding maps, fake IDs, and just other, like, paraphernalia to help him escape. Damn. Mm-hmm. He filed challenges against four of the judges assigned to his case. Oh, gosh. He had so many complaints, like, stuff like the strength of his eyeglasses, the temperature <laughs> of his food, his right to practice origami in his jail cell. What? He went through ten attorneys. He ended up filing a malpractice suit against a few of his attorneys citing incompetent representation. He ended up delaying the trial another year because he wanted to, he decided he was going to represent himself. Good Lord. It was six years after his extradition that the trials finally began. October 1988. I mean, I'm sorry. October 1998. So remember, they had all this video evidence of him being in it being like yeah. we're cold blooded in one of the videos it showed him like cutting a girl's bra strap and you know all that and so it's like they had him in the videos but basically he was saying that he was a victim of Leonard Lakes and that he did it you know because he had to and he wasn't blah 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 right there was some psych and you know involvement and they said that he had dependent personality disorder and that that's why he was trying to just please leonard lake and that he didn't really want to do it they had some prison guards and sheriff's deputies talking about that he was this model prisoner that had paraphernalia in his mm -hmm. and then like they had four people that served with him in the marine corps be like oh he was quiet and well-behaved his parents testified, being like, he had such a troubled childhood. We're so sorry for his behavior. Oh, gosh. Um, but then, so, Charles Ng insisted that he take the stand in his own defense. Defense. So, by doing that, the prosecutors were able to bring in some evidence that they couldn't bring in without him being on the mm-hmm. stand. You know why? Because egotistical uh-huh. people always fuck themselves. Uh-huh. So... One of the things that they got to bring a trial was a picture of Charles Ng standing in his cell. And in that picture, you can see all of these sketches behind him on the wall. Again, so the drawings were of the victims and, you know, just like basically drawings of everything that he and Leonard Lake had done. Like Um, his own porn. Right. And so when he was on the stand, his answer to that was that it was satire basically oh, to the allegations to show how his quote to show how ludicrous this sort of thing is oh my gosh okay and okay so one of the one of the drawings showed a man who was asian cooking a baby in a walk what and on that picture it had the phrase daddy died mommy cried baby fried Holy fuck. Oh. Oh, gosh. Uh Uh-huh. Like, I have chills from that. Yeah. That is... Oh, that's... 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then also on one of the videos, the prosecutor asked him, like, played some of the videos to ask him what he meant by when he said, so one of the videos he said, you can cry and stuff like the rest of them, but it won't do you no good. And then they were like, what do you mean by the rest of them? And he was like, there's no rest of them. I was just trying to project that seriousness so she wouldn't resist. Like, I can't, yeah. like, what the fuck? So... He was convicted of 11 of the 12 homicides, six men, three women, and two male infants. The jurors deadlocked on the 12th charge, and I'm not sure, you know, who that was. Yeah. Like, who that last one was. But he was sentenced to death. So the presiding judge completely rejected the motion to reduce the sentence that the jury, because the jury convicted him to death. And so the judge was like, I'm not changing that. Yeah. Um, the judge said Mr. Ng was not under any duress, nor does the evidence support that he was under the domination of Leonard Lake. And so just the shenanigans around the trial and how long it took and how many attorneys he went through and all of this stuff. Yeah. He cost California approximately $20 million. Whoa. And he is currently still on death row at San Quentin and at the time, it was the most expensive trial in state's history. Are you fucking kidding me? And that was 1998, so that's post-OJ. Holy fuck. Let that sink in. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, sorry. So I know that one was long, but that is the story of Charles Ng and Leonard Lake. Also known as... Chikichikawawa. Don't mess me up when I'm saying his name. Okay. Kachi. Taichi. <laughs> That was, that was. It's weird how heavy it was. Like, almost a heavy, like the Toy Box Killer, but not as heavy, but as heavy. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, it didn't have the details. Yeah. I'm actually glad it didn't. Yeah, but and I think it, to me, it just brought back so many memories of that story, too. Yes. That that's why it's like, God, it's fucking heavy. Yeah. And the fact that. Leonard fucking Lakes, one Lake, <laughs> took the easy way out and took those cyanide pills. And the fact that Charles Ng just was so, cost so much fucking money. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that's part of why, whether you agree with the death penalty morally or not, mm-hmm. I don't care. My stance is that death penalty cases cost the state so much more money with yeah. a number of appeals and all of that and the you know the time and the all of these things that that is why I'm like this is fucking stupid how much money would they have saved on his case not trying to extradite him if they would have just taken the death penalty off of it there wouldn't have been all of that time with him in Canada yeah well you know? i mean he's still alive yeah like, it didn't work. 19, just, it's 10, 20, 20 years, I almost said 10 years. <laughs> 20 years later and he's still alive. Yeah, and $20 million later. Uh-huh. Well, even more than that now. Yeah. But, you know. But, again, I know we've talked about this and I can't, it was an article I read years ago. And so it the numbers may be different now. But it costs less to convict and house and feed and provide medical care to an inmate for the rest of their lives, it costs less than it does to try someone in a capital case for 
for a death penalty case and get to the point of execution. Wow. So, I mean, it's like, that's where I kind of am about it, taking the moral argument out of it. Yeah. And and just looking at it in that way, and it's like, damn. Well, and you know what makes me mad, too, is that the criminal still gets to fuck over the government and mm-hmm. the citizens and all of this because he's staying alive and it's not on him. Yeah. You know, and it's, oh, and the thing about Leonard doing the cyanide, one, he probably learned that in the military because that's what they would do for like spies and stuff. Oh, yeah, when you yeah, get yeah, caught, yeah. Before you talk, you yeah, 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 do yeah. that. But also, of course, he took the cowards away out because cowards are the people who are sadistic and egotistical and all of that. Yeah. And he could not ever endure the torture that he put on other people. That's true. And so he's like, oh, shit. And goodbye. Yeah. Boy, bye. Like, that was a like that was a good one to get my blood boiling. <laughs> you know it's a good one when Donna's lit. <laughs> yeah. My story definitely was a lot of names. Like, I know it was hard to keep up with. But don't get lost in the names. Yeah. I, you know, I want to, I always want to recognize the victims and say their names Definitely. and all of that, but it does make the stories hard to follow sometimes. So yeah. try not to get lost in the names when you're listening, you know? Yeah. Okay. Are you ready for it? <laughs> you know, sometimes you just have to put your big girl panties on and do shit yourself. Uh-oh. Because I have not gotten a haunted bridge story yet for Sinister Sightings. <laughs> so I went out and I found myself one. <laughs> I hope you get like eight haunted bridge stories after this. Oh, me too. <laughs> I love that. I think because I'm scared of bridges. Yeah. But it's mainly the water underneath them. Right. And the bodies in that water. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> okay. You're going to be like, what? When I tell you where this is. Here. Why do you always have to guess? Is it, Am I right? No. Oh. Uh, I fooled you. Okay. Sorry. Baton Rouge. Stop guessing. Okay. It's called Old Alton Bridge. Georgia. No. <laughs> okay. It's an old wooden bridge. And like ours with the metal on top, mm-hmm. which I mean, most old bridges have. It's like a red, rusty kind of color, like a burnt, yeah, you know, imagery. And it's in the southwest part of Denton, Texas. Oh. Mm-hmm. Okay, so Old Alton Bridge is in Denton. It was constructed in 1884, and it served as a connection between Louisville and Alton. Obviously named for the town of Alton. And... It was an old community surrounding the bridge, and it was abandoned due to poor water quality. Ooh. Yeah. In 1854? 1884. You know that had to be some bad fucking water. Right. And I found something I didn't write it down, but I'm remembering. 
probably wrong, but they only had one doctor mm-hmm. and he didn't even live in the town. He would come. So a lot of the people who were sick, they died before he came. Damn. Yeah. Crazy. I am not, I am not cut out for that kind of time. No. I need air conditioning. Yes. Which I have learned the past four days because the air has been out at work for the past four days. Ugh. I need medical care. I need air conditioner. <laughs> yeah. And running water and a oh, toilet inside. God. Yeah. Yes. Okay. So there's an early legend and then a later legend. Okay. We're going to focus on the later one, but I'm going to tell you the early one. So in the early 1860s, as the Civil War raged, the Copper Canyon Cowboys, which were like cowboys from Copper Canyon. (laughs) (laughs) Clever. (laughs) I feel like they were just, they thought they were badasses and they were bad people. Yeah. They were the OG gangs. Yeah. Someone's going to be like, um, no, they were actually this. I don't know. I didn't, I didn't look them up, but. You just remember from that history class you fell asleep in in college? (laughs) Yes. Okay. So they took it upon themselves to punish a slave who was a goat herder. And his name was Jack Kendall. And it said for some offense, which has been lost to history. They also fell asleep during that class. (laughs) (laughs) They tied one end of the rope around his neck <gasps> and the other around a tree limb. No. Mm-hmm. And it was of a large oak tree, which was growing next to where the bridge would be built. Okay. Like, they didn't know it at the time. Yeah. So, they drug him up to the top of the creek bank and threw him out toward the water. It was a long fall, but the rope they used was thin and it was like too thin for his weight Mm -hmm. and so it basically severed his head because (gasps) when he hit it it was so thin it was almost like wire oh not what i thought where i thought you were going with that yeah no and severed his head (gasps) yeah so his body dropped into the creek his head's flapping in the wind oh my god yeah so that's where that ends. But then some take it to a whole nother level. They say that they, the slavers, which would be the Copper Canyon Cowboys, mm-hmm. CCC. Mm-hmm. Damn, there was a CCC in your story. Just saying. So they say those cowboys, slavers, whatever, they watched in horror as the headless body rose from the creek bed mud animated by voodoo and ripped the head off of a nearby goat and placed it on his own. Oh, fuck. Like on his own body. Yeah. And his head was still hanging in the noose. That's, you know, like how you said stories just yeah. kind of go on. But so, yeah, that didn't fucking happen. I mean, I don't know. He didn't take the head off of a goose and then put it on um, his head. A goat. I know. But a goose, that would be funny. That would be a little like... I mean, it wouldn't be funny, but you know what I mean, imagery-wise. Yeah. Paints a picture. Yes. So, the nickname for this bridge is Goatman's Bridge. Okay. So, the goat head yeah. being put on, that makes sense now. Totally buried the lead. Sorry about that. I was just happy it was a fucking bridge. I'm sorry. <laughs> 
usually I title my pages, but I did not title this one. And so I fucked it up. I didn't write it down. (laughs) Okay. So according to another legend, and this one's like later after the bridge is built, an African-American man named Oscar Washburn. He was an entrepreneur because he and his family tended a goat farm. And I mean, it was close to the bridge. Like it was right after the bridge and there were only a few people that lived there you know so it was kind of like a destination Mm -hmm. and he became well known and respected because he had quality meat he had all the milk all the good cheese and the hides from the goats so everyone called him the goat man like going to see the goat man yeah so one day he hung a sign on that old Alton Bridge, and said this way to the goat man. Well, some local KKK (gasps) members, their little dicks didn't get hard, and they were like, this man is making more than us. This man thinks he's something. Fuck them. Mm -hmm. And so they're like, oh, yeah, we're going to get him. Because, you know, ugh, weasels, all of them. So... They got together, plotted this whole shit. So one night in the late 1930s, there was like a mob of the KKK. They stormed his house, dragged him out of the house. And like I said, it was close to the bridge. They get there and there's a noose hanging. Like they have the rope. Yeah. So... He's, like, screaming, you know, pleading for his life because he's, like, an upstanding citizen. This, ma- this, my stomach hurts. Yes. So, they put the rope over his head on his neck, tightened the noose, and just flung him over the side of oh the bridge. Oh, my God. But they didn't hear anything. <gasps> and so, they, like, were like, <laughs> looked And nothing was on the noose and no movement in the water. (gasps) He, like, just vanished. What? Yeah, so that pissed them off even more. So, they go search in the woods. They're like, where the fuck is he? Then they're like, okay, we're going to draw him out. So, they go to his house, set it on fire, barricade his wife and children, (gasps) and... They're screaming. They're shrieking because oh they're Oh, my God. Burning. And they're like, "These, he's going to come running when he hears them screaming. Yeah. But he never showed up. And they died. No. Oh, my God. Yes. And the KKK went about their life, you know. Fuck. Yeah. So, from that story, you can get Goatman... They say if you knock on the steel part of the bridge three times at midnight, that you'll see the goat man on the other side of the bridge. And it's not a long, like a super long bridge. Yeah. They also say if you turn your car lights off and drive over the bridge, you'll see him too. And if you honk three times, he can be summoned as well. They say his presence is preceded by the stench of decaying flesh. (gasps) One... I don't know what that smells like, but stench, no bueno. I want, and, mm. oh, sorry. 
Go ahead. Well, I was just thinking, like, is it supposed to be his or is it his family's? Oh, gosh. I didn't think about that. I was just thinking that sounds like a demon almost. You know, and he's not. Yeah. He's poor and fortunate soul. It's sad. But true. Okay, so a, a website called Only in Your State, it mentions that since 1967, police have found tons of abandoned cars and investigated a number of missing persons cases where their last known location was that bridge. What? Yeah. So after all these cars that were left there, a new bridge was constructed with like cement, cement, wow, cement. <laughs> and, sorry, I'm talking about Texas and I just got a real <laughs> country. So, you know, like a n- new bypass. Yeah. But they kept that bridge. Now it's like a historical landmark. Yeah. But it's closed off to cars now because of the new bridge. But you can still walk across it. So some of the reports say they see like a ghostly apparition herding goats over the bridge. Oh, herding. I thought you said hurting, like H-U-R-T-I-G. Why would you hurt them? (laughs) Yeah, no, herding. Gotcha. Others say they have seen an apparition staring at them, holding a goat head under each arm. Why Why would he be holding a goat head? I have no idea. Stranger stories include people seeing a creature that resembles half goat, half man. Okay. They say that you can hear the sounds of horse hooves mm-hmm. on the bridge because that's what it was originally built yeah. for, obviously, back in the day. Yeah. I mean, they didn't have like the Model T going across <laughs> it in 1984. Not- uh, 1884. It was 1884. Sorry, 1884. <laughs> they say that you can hear, like, splashing in the creek below, not just, like, a ripple yeah. kind of thing. It's, like... Something dropping. Yeah. Which, again, I mean, could be someone dropping something, but I don't think they see any movement. So, that's what's, like... Yeah. Oh, wait, a splash. So, other people say they heard... Or hear maniacal laughter or an inhuman-like growling coming from the woods. They also see mysterious lights in the area. And people have had their car doors lock on their own. Hmm. Um, And, again, a lot of vehicles break down there. Yeah. They say, especially on Halloween, again, this is a legend, you know. But they say on Halloween, if you honk your car, horn twice you would see his glowing eyes and they're like red Ooh, like a uh, thing Mm -hmm. another spirit has been seen there and it's a woman and they say she wanders the area allegedly searching for her lost babies which could be his wife oh okay again people being touched grabbed and having rocks thrown at them. I don't know if your little past self is a ghost there <laughs> throwing rocks at people. But those are little shitheads. I never threw a rock at a person. I'm sorry, at a moving vehicle. Well, there's no moving vehicles on this bridge anymore. Well, it could have been. Not now. <laughs> 
Yeah, it's worse. It's people. Yeah, I never threw anything at a person. <laughs> You've moved up. Your your past self's moved up. <laughs> the bridge isn't the only place that is haunted. It's the surrounding woods, too. And another reason they say that it's Goatman's Bridge, they say that from the legend, people were drawn there because of the torment and the death and all that. And of course, when people think of like dark magic and stuff, they think, oh, this place was has all this energy, blah, 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 blah. Yeah. So they say a lot of Satanists go to that, go to the woods, go to the bridge, and they perform rituals, and they've opened a portal for a hellspawn demon, which would be the half-man, half-goat. Hmm. And, though, if that is true, that would make sense with the decaying flesh, because I did say it, that... Does sound like a demon. Yeah. Like throughout all the haunted houses and stuff that we've talked about. Yeah. Like rotted flesh, I think is what they yeah. say, but same. Dang, I said rotted flesh in my story. Oh, yeah. Rotted, well, rotted body. But still. Anyway, so, I mean, could be. Who knows? Okay, so they also say they had a lot of like booby traps and stuff where they wouldn't want people to come into their like altar and stuff like that. So they'd have booby traps, which have hurt people, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> Just blah, blah, blah over the you hurt know, people. Details. <laughs> people who live around that forest, they say that they've seen figures dressed in black with white candles crossing the bridge into the forest. So they say, I mean, it becomes more logical that Goatman is something evil that people have conjured up. Yeah. And they're using that legend to, like, have spawned that idea. Yeah. Like, oh, Goatman's Bridge, this is what this demon's going to take form. Yeah. So inside the woods is basically the remnants of the city of Alton. Because once... The bad water and all that happened. It was basically abandoned. Right. So there's an old asylum. Ooh. An old church. And then they say some remains of the goat man's house. But it was burnt down in freaking, you know. Right. Long time ago. Like, when it there was is all no, made of wood. Yeah. There is no way. I mean, maybe deep down in there, like, there's a sliver. Yeah. But come on. Yeah. So, hikers have gone to these woods and stuff, and they've been pushed, scratched, heard screams and moans, and they said malicious laughter. And this this one, I had to write, they said some have even reported seeing old Goaty on a night trip. Damn. Like, okay. <laughs> some people have said they have been picked up and flung 20 feet in the air in the forest from unseen forces. Again, they've said they've seen red glowing eyes and it's like in the shrubbery, but kind of floating on their own. Some people have said they've been bitten and scratched. Like I said, also when you're on the bridge, aggression can be 
felt and in the surrounding forest. That aggression will come up in a minute, too. Okay. But there was one story, and this guy said that he and his friend heard a voice on the bridge. He ran off the bridge while his friend stayed on. He then reportedly watched his friend get dragged toward the railing of the bridge and flipped into the water below. Damn. Yeah. So, Goatman has thrown someone off the bridge. Investigators who are at the bridge, they get an EVP of Steve a lot. So, I don't know where that comes in, but, like, multiple people have gotten that EVP. Maybe your dad went to visit it. <laughs> Maybe. Oh, gosh. He did love goats. So True. Y'all had them. Mm-hmm. There's been a growling voice that says, get off my bridge. Is it a troll? Right. I wanted to be like, well, you know, Billy Goat Gruff did the bridge. I played a... Man. We were in that together. They typecasted me. I played a pig. Me too. Damn. It was me, you, and... Was it another fat person? No. Oh, my God. Really typecasted. At least I wasn't the only one. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but, yeah, so, I mean, there's lots of Goatman's bridges around and in the forest and stuff, so, like, everywhere. Okay, so one woman reported seeing an orange light that expanded into a long beam shooting straight into the air for several seconds before disappearing. And that ha- repeated itself twice. Was it a UFO? Might have been. So then I watched a little documentary, like on, it was like five minutes. I think it was like a student documentary. But they interviewed a guy, and his name was Anthony Fuentes. And he said they were at a party at Goatman's Bridge, which you know what they were doing. Mm -hmm. He didn't say anything, but you know. They had music on their phones and stuff. And once they actually passed over the bridge to the other side, all of their electronics stopped what yeah then i found a blog by jenny kopalek and she said that she had visited the bridge before but some years later she visited the bridge with her good friend denise it was halloween night at midnight these people mm-hmm. they crazy so They walked along the bridge, and she said for some reason she didn't want to be there because it's Halloween at midnight. Right. Uh, She said some of them felt so wrong. Then we proceeded. Like, obviously it didn't feel that wrong. Follow your gut. Yes. It always leads to a buffet. (laughs) Um, Hopefully a breakfast buffet. Ooh, the best. I fucking love a breakfast buffet. Yes. Oh, when they make your own omelet. Oh, that's the best part. Okay. Anyway, Carrie's wrong. I'm right. (laughs) It's my story. (laughs) Okay. So then they proceeded down the tunnel of trees. Once at the tunnel, she turned on a voice recorder. So they talked, asked, you know, some questions. And then they heard a loud scream and someone telling them to leave. They heard it in real time, but actually captured it on a voice recorder. She says she wished that she still had this evidence, but it's been years, and so she doesn't have it. Mm-hmm. It's not in her her possession. 
so she can't share it with them. Well, with us. Yeah. But she said she never went back after that. Like She was like, mm, no. I'm good. Even if it was like someone there, mm, they're probably up to some shadiness. Right. Like, don't want to go back. I wonder how they get like the EVPs and all that to work there, though, if whatever's there fucks up with the technology so much. Yeah. You know, like, how do they get those things to work then? Right. Well, a lot of them have, like, backup stuff because batteries do drain and crap. So, I don't know. I mean, maybe they're only so strong. So, it's like, oh, I drained that one. Eh, that'll do. Yeah, maybe. Who knows? You want me to call one up? Yes. No, girl. I'm just kidding. A ghost? Mm Mm-hmm. Nah. Call up Zach. What up, boo? Tell me how that EVP work. He'd be like, girl, I'm shopping right now. For me, a wedding ring? <laughs> <laughs> no, it's probably from some dead person's finger. I would not want anything he bought. Be like, till death died? do you part. Damn. Oh my God, I'd be in his haunted museum after I died. Well, you'd be eternal. <laughs> I thought you said a turtle. I, but that too. <laughs> Okay. We are slow. (laughs) Damn. Okay. So I found another website called Ghost Hunting Texas. It's by April Slaughter. I wonder if that's her real name or her pen name. Because doing ghost hunting and stuff Mm -hmm. like Slaughter, either she was destined for it or she's just good at making up names. So she investigated the bridge with her husband and some other groups including the Denton Area Paranormal Society. So she said that her and her husband unloaded their equipment when they arrived. They used EMF meters. And in theory, she can ask yes or no questions, and the meter will flash once or twice for yes, once for no. That night, Slaughter and her husband used the meter to contact a ghost, and it flashed yes when they asked if it was female. When they played the audio recorder back, they heard the voice of a woman crying, baby. <gasps> mm-hmm. And she said, we also heard something big on four legs, like a horse running toward us on the bridge. But the noise would come right up to us and then just stop. Mm-mm. No, thank you. Yeah. Then I found a forum called Unexplained Mysteries Forum. And it was this guy who wrote hit, wrote some stuff about it. So he says, I went on Halloween of this year. Because, again, Halloween's a big thing with this, mm-hmm. obviously. But he didn't experience much. He was scared out of his mind, but he didn't see anything. Um, he went back a second time with his brother, a friend from college, and another friend from UNT, which was another college. They brought a flashlight for each person, you know, went in, knowing what the legend was, no other cars in the, like, you know, no other cars were there. It was just them. They said they hopped on the gate and only walked about 30 steps before something rustled in the bush and scared the hell out of them. A raccoon. Right. He said, we jumped and held our flashlights close to the bush. And his brother said something big and brown ran away after we shined our lights on it. And he said, I still believe it was probably an animal, but it was a big one and not a good way to start off the night. 
Hmm. So he said he, they walked another five steps before they heard footsteps, not of any animal. And he said they're all very outdoorsy and hunt a lot. So they would know, like, yeah, the difference. He said they were obviously of a human. The problem is nowhere they shine lights, they could find the source of the steps. Okay. He said, why, like, what scared him the most was that you could hear the steps were the deliberate heel-toe step, Hmm. you know, and it wasn't far from them. They thought it was another, like, person there, and so they kind of just stood and, like, yelling and, you know, trying to be tough to be like, get the fuck out. So after they stopped yelling, not even a second after they stopped yelling, one of his friends that he rode with, his truck got hit with a rock. Your ghost. Then a few other rocks were thrown. So they went a different direction then. Like, yeah, try to get away from the fire. Yeah. Yeah. Literally, like, could not see anything, though, you know? Then they were like, fuck this. They threw rocks at us. Mm -hmm. Like, we're going back. We're going to find these fuckers. He said they walked the path across the bridge, and they heard a grunt while they were walking. And then they heard that same heel-toe, heel-toe footsteps everywhere they fucking went. Still couldn't see anything. All shining lights in different ways, different directions. Yeah. Couldn't see anything. So he was like, look, this is, like, way too weird. You know, we're hearing way too much shit. Rocks are being thrown. Yeah. Somebody could get hurt. Yeah. Like, they'll put your eye out. (laughs) But they left because they couldn't find anything. And, yeah, they were like, let's go. One, who wants their rock, I mean, their truck dinged by rocks? Not me. Not me. Okay. Found another blog about Goatman's Bridge. There's lots of, like, little things, not just a whole big thing. I'm doing this because of me. I wanted a haunted bridge. (laughs) Oh, Lord. It's my podcast. I'll cry if I want to. All right. So this was a guy, and he interviewed his father and his cousin because, like, they lived in the area, blah, blah, blah. So his father told him a story that matches with many of the happenings around the bridge, especially in the time of the 70s when he grew up. He had a high school friend who had convinced his girlfriend to go visit the bridge with him one night. And his dad was like, look, I am being a third wheel, especially on like a makeout yeah. sesh. I mean, that's what you're going to go do. The next day, his father learned that they had not come back. <gasps> A few days later, the local police found the car on the side of the street, abandoned, and tore up with no signs of life in it. The couple has never been found, and the only explanation offered is the same as all the other cases. Like, we don't know. Yeah. Could be the goat man, you know? That's how it always is. I mean, the police don't say that, but that's what the local people do. Right. Okay, so the other story is about his cousin, Nathaniel. He visited the bridge last summer. He didn't encounter anything abnormal on the bridge, but as soon as he crossed the bridge, him and his friends heard strange noises. And then when they headed back to the bridge, they became lost. And they thought they heard laughter in the woods at times. The temperature would drop dramatically and chill them. 
Uh, they made it back to the car eventually. And after reviewing some of the photos they took in the woods, they saw a lot of colored mist and odd shapes that resembled a man behind them in almost every picture, uh-uh. seeming to hold on to something. <gasps> According to the legend, this may be him holding on to the goat heads. Hmm. I mean, obviously not. Yeah. Like the goat head. You know what I mean? Yeah. But, like, could you imagine seeing the pictures and being no. like, oh, fuck. So he said recently he visited the bridge himself to see what all the buzz was about. Because, of course, when you hear this, you just say, I gotta go. Yeah. They kept their lights on as they crossed over the new bridge that was only a few feet away. They got out, continued to cross the bridge, and looked over, and even went into the woods. He said, you definitely feel uncomfortable on the bridge. You get chills. It was very dark, so they didn't see anything, but they did feel a presence and heard some disturbing noises. When they reviewed the pictures on the way back home, you know, digital cameras and shit, the other one had to get processed. Ain't nobody got time for that. No. Even the one-hour shit. (laughs) Right? Oh, my God. That was the worst. Anyway, before I get off on that tangent, they said that they saw orbs and a little girl sitting on a stump, but (gasps) like the shadowy figure. Yeah. Not a black-eyed kid? No. Also, I must note that my transmission on my truck fell and totaled my car, totaled his truck on the way back home. What? You just It just fell the fuck out? Well, you know how they say, like, your transmission drops or whatever. You've never heard that? No. Apparently, we've had shitty cars. Um, have you met me? So have I. True. Really shitty cars. True. He said, luckily, they were in a lit area and not on a dark country road somewhere. Oh, God. Could you imagine? Oh, my God. No. Pre-cell phones, too? Or no? Right. Oh, oh, I don't know. I don't know. I didn't. I don't guess we knew what year this was, huh? Yeah. I mean, if they had digital cameras, they probably had. Well, never mind. I don't know. So, because of all of this, like all of these stories, the legends, it's been popular with some paranormal peeps. Yeah. And it also got BuzzFeed Unsolved, their supernatural thing. And it's the one that we, Jessica says, that's who we are. I'm Ryan, who believes in the ghost. Yeah. And you're Shane, and you're like, what up? Hey, demon, it's your boy. That's who you are. So they went. Ryan was scared out of his mind. Shane was like, what up, demon? Come on, goat man. You know? Yeah. Whatever. And they did a Ouija board session, and Uh -uh. nothing really came from it. Like, they really didn't get anything. Ryan felt heavy. Yeah, that's me. Okay. He felt stuff, you know, and... Was scared. Shane was like, nah, whatever. We're good. Yeah. And one time he was like, Goatman, come and get me. If you, like, you, blah, blah, blah. If you don't come, they're going to rename this bridge. They're going to rename it Shane and Ryan's Bridge. And he didn't come. So, I mean, I guess I should change my story to Shane and Ryan's Bridge. There you go. But, like in all my stories... If I can find my bedazzled boo. I was just about to ask when you said that about like all the different mm-hmm. people coming, was your boo one of them? Oh, yeah. So if you don't know Ghost Adventures, and he's really not my boo. He, we have a love-hate relationship, but 
Anyway, Zach, he was interviewing some local women who are part of a local paranormal group. And Belinda said one evening her and a group of friends witnessed something really disturbing in the forest. They were walking down the trail and she had an uneasy feeling about it. And so she said, look, I'm going to stay out of the fence. Y'all go. I'll just, you know, be here. She said that she heard a bunch of rustling behind her. And so she was like, oh, shit, I know something's there. And so she was terrified in a panic. She took a photo of what she felt this presence was. And in the picture appeared a black cloaked figure. Mm -mm. Like a shadow person, I wonder. I don't know. She said about that time her arm was burning. So she looked down thinking, fuck, I got bit by a spider, you know, something because you're in the woods. And she had three marks that started at her wrist all the way to her elbow. So the length of where, like, Julia Roberts says your foot would be, you know, yeah. like, the yeah. Yeah, length yeah, yeah, of your yeah, foot. Yeah. All of that was three marks. Which, again, is like Sally House, how she would do three marks. Like, all of the things that have been, like, demon possession and yeah, stuff yeah. has been, like, three longer marks. So, I mean... I don't know. I'm just saying from what I've read before. Here's where we're going to get into it at Ghost Adventures. So Ashley is Jay's wife. And Jay is one of the investigators. Okay. He's Zach's, you know. Right-hand man. Well, he'd be left-hand, I guess. Aaron is closer to Zach, I think. Anyway, whatever. He didn't write that to me. <laughs> he tweeted it. Damn, you would shit your pants. Girl. I probably would. I should tweet him and be like, You like extra large pizza? He'd be like, Girl, I love it and my pepperoni. Damn. Or With sausage. pineapple. <laughs> oh, God. I know it. That's why I said it. Uh-huh. He probably would. Mm-hmm. Anchovies and shit. Oh, God. Something smells fishy. Oh, God. Okay, sorry. We're getting back to the seriousness. I know, I'm ready. Okay. So, Ashley, she was overcome with, like, this emotional sadness and then anger. So, her and Zach are sitting on um, the bus. They were in, like, a tour bus. And Zach is like, are you thinking bad things? And she was like, yeah. And he was like, do you want to hurt me? And she, like, looked at him and she was like, yeah. And he was like, oh, shit. And so. Not good. Yeah. So he went and talked to the Belinda and the other lady he had interviewed. And they were like, yeah, this happens to women who go to the bridge in the woods, really. Like, it preys on the women in the woods. That sounds like something. And I can't think of what it is. Like a episode of like american horror story or something like that mm. but it's but it's not i can't think of what it is hmm well after that zach's like look go to the hotel clear your mind you know whatever well she's like look i want to face this head on but i'm gonna go but later i want to come back like you know stand your ground yeah whatever so she does 
and an unseen entity hits her in the face, which you can see like they're like they're at base camp watching as she's in the woods, right? Like, you know, where I mean, they could get to her, but yeah, like you kind of see her like go down like on her knees a little bit. Mm hmm. And it, she said that she, you know, got hit in the face. And then later you can see a swollen welt on her head. Then she sees an orb and her camera captures like the orb manifesting in front of her and then slowly disappearing. Nope. Yeah. They heard a growl. They heard gunshots and a slapping noise. They also saw a pair of floating eyes with no body at the entrance of the forest. And I did see that clip. What? Mm -hmm. And I mean, I would say it could be an animal, but how it was, like, I don't know what it could be because they were kind of floaty. Yeah. You know, everyone heard some humming in the forest. Aaron said he kind of felt like he was going deaf in his ears. And it was just like really, really strange. So he's kind of disoriented because he's like fucking going deaf. But all I can think about is like his ears popping and that's what he's hearing, you know, like when that happens, which I hate. But then a force kind of seemingly throws Aaron about 20 feet causing multiple minor injuries, which again is what they have said before that people have been tossed and like shoved several feet. Yeah. When Jay turns to see what happened to Aaron, he claims that he sees a dark figure behind Aaron. Like after he was thrown, Aaron began to lose a lot of his energy and he actually passes out momentarily. Damn. Yeah. Zach, when Aaron was having that attack afterwards, Zach said he felt like something was tightening around his throat, like a noose. Yeah. Almost. And he became kind of angry again with the, they say you can be aggressive on the bridge. But yeah, so he's like being very aggressive and not wanting anyone to touch him at one point, you know. Yeah, because Jay tries to step in and help him, and, like, Zach fights him off. So, Ashley, the one who had gotten slapped and shit, she had been their still photographer on that show for a long time. And after that episode, she quit the show. What? Mm-hmm. And he, they said she's still dealing with an attachment. Are you serious? Yeah. So, like... That's pretty freaking serious. Holy fuck. Yeah. So if you do, because people said that you you can find artifacts and shit that look like ritualistic things happening in the woods. And that actually, I think it was on BuzzFeed that they said there was a pet store and they stopped like selling cats or something because people would go and get it for an animal sacrifice. <gasps> Don't quote me on that, but I'm pretty sure that's Holy what he said. Fuck. Yeah. So like, if you think about that, no telling what people have conjured up 
you know, trying to be freaking practical magic. Yes. But, so there's that. I will say that people, like some articles said, they looked for Oscar Washburn and Jack Kendall, but they couldn't find any historical records of them. But again, with these old stories, not saying that those stories are true or whatever, but records like really, eh, if you can't find a record of someone, it's like, okay, well, it was on a fucking piece of bark. Or especially for slaves or... Yes. A people of color. Yes. Yeah. And especially if the KKK was involved. Oh, fuck yeah. Like, they're going to be like, oh, they didn't even fucking exist. Exactly. And people are going to believe that they didn't even exist. Not me. I believe they did. But I don't believe Jack Kendall danced with his headless head and pulled the goat head off and put mm, Me neither. Don't believe that. But I do believe they probably... Killed him and killed Oscar Washburn. Mm-hmm. If they existed, I have no doubt that people are that petty. Yep. Especially with that mindset. You don't deserve anything. I deserve everything. How dare you think you're better than me? I'm going to show you. Yep. That is my haunted bridge story. I like that story. Yay. I did too. It was kind of... Like, not a whole lot of substance, but, I mean, I wouldn't want to go in the woods. No, fuck no. And, I mean, shit. That girl's still dealing with an attachment? That's big. Yeah. Like, she quit the show. Because you know how many places they go into. Yeah. Like, and the serious shit they see. Yeah. And, like, her mannerism, mannerisms, God. But when Zach was interviewing her in the... Not really interviewing, but, you know, asking her. She, like, didn't want to look at him and just, like, was kind of dazed and stuff. So, it was something affecting her. Yeah. It was... That was hard. Damn. But, of course, they have to pick on fucking women. I wonder... Were there any black people on his crew? No. That would have been interesting. Yeah, that actually really would. But I think that would be really bad for them to be, like... Mm -hmm. Oh, here's a token. Oh, yeah. No, no, no. You know what I mean? That's what that's that not, would be. Yeah. That's what that would be like because they don't have a person of color. Yeah. So that is my story. I liked it. All right. So what did we learn? Okay. I learned that you're never safe from your story because people who, I mean, we've heard about the Craigslist killer and stuff like that, but that person was selling a, or selling a truck or buying a truck. Yeah. Selling his truck. Dudio Lake kills him. You know. We could have killed Pedro. Damn, we could have. But we're not. Killers. <laughs> and, I mean, I don't want to get that car messy because I love it. <laughs> but, like, you really aren't safe anywhere. Yeah. And it really can be anything. Yep. I can't remember all the details now because I'm, like, now on my story. Yeah. But... It was several different things where people, I mean, obviously the, like, back page kind of thing. Yeah. Usually that goes south, especially if it's, like, someone on the down low. Because, of course, 
it would ruin them as they think Mm -hmm. if that got out. And it's like, dude, okay, so you're scared people are going to find out your sexual preference. Yeah. But you'll kill someone. Yeah. Like, okay, sure. Ugh. And just, again, how egotistical most killers are. Yep. Like, my life is so important and it will be ruined. I'm going to take yours. Like, you are beneath me. Right. Like, no one's going to miss you. Life will go on. But for me, you know, oh, God. Well, and I think that that can be also, like, number two. Because that kind of, if the part about the goat man, you know, being killed because his yeah. his goats were prosperous and he had good milk and cheese and blah, blah, blah. Then, I mean, same thing. Like, mm-hmm. people are always going to want to take what's not theirs. Well, people, not always. But there will always be someone who wants to take something that's not yes. theirs that they did not work for that they you know mm-hmm. that they feel that they're entitled to like yeah. there's always going to be that person that's that way yes and you just have to protect yourself yes because they always are just unhinged you know with be it spreading rumors you know especially like with social media you know yeah it's ridiculous and once it's out there it's out there yeah or it's being bullied a different way or killed, tortured. Oh, gosh. It's just, I am so paranoid. I but know. Three, not really pertaining to these stories, but last week, not the listener episode, but the one, what was it? 18. 18. When I was talking about Alcatraz... I didn't say anything because I wanted to hear if any if anyone else heard it because we didn't hear anything when we recorded it. But I'm talking about Alcatraz and I'm talking about the door like creak like I could hear it on the audio tour, the cell blocks, you know, door opening and all that. Well, at that time, I hear a door creak. It sounds like a door opens when I'm talking about that. And when I was listening to it, when Will had edited it, it freaked me out. I was like, wait, what was that? I thought it was here. Did it again. And it happened, you know, like I replayed that part. It happened. So I text him and I was like, dude, you got me. Yeah. Like, dang, that was scary. And he was like, what? I'm like, that sound effect. And he was like. I wouldn't have done that without asking you if you wanted that. Yeah. And I was like, what? Like, maybe it was a chair. You know, whatever. No, it is a door, like, opening. But, like, creaky. Like, not like yeah. a, just like, I don't know. Like, I, I don't know what that is. But go back and listen to that and see if you can tell me what you think that is. The timestamp was, like... One hour and twelve or thirteen minutes. I think. I think is right at one thirteen. So yeah. that's the timestamp of about where it is. Yeah, talking about Alcatraz, the door creaking. It's right there. I just want to know, like, again, me and Carrie did not hear anything because we would have made note of that. So, let us know what you think. Yes, and remember, creep it real and, and don't, don't get, get scared. scared.